Fun fact, back in the 1970s, Braniff Airlines hired retired flight attendants to be mystery shoppers to see if flight attendants were scamming alcohol sales. Our next guest's mother was one of them. She took a flight anywhere and ordered the maximum number of alcoholic drinks to make sure the little bottles were sealed. She was paid in free airline tickets for the whole family. Welcome to Smarter Together, the market research podcast by Phase 5. In each episode, we will be bringing in guests with different areas of expertise from different organizations to dig into the latest, most innovative, and most inspiring insights we encounter in our work as a market research firm that focuses on customer centricity. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Smarter Together. Today, we have a very special guest. I'd like to welcome Deborah Baxley, an international mobile and cards payment consultant. Deborah wears many hats, including partner at Pageility Advisors, board of directors at NIPAY, board member of the U.S. Faster Payments Council, and steering committee member at U.S. Payments Forum. Phase 5 has been lucky enough to work with Deborah through NIPAY and Pageility. Deborah has also volunteered on multiple occasions to be a mystery shopper for us on credit card research that we conduct. Through this, Deborah and I have also built a really nice friendship. So, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. I'm really happy and delighted to be on episode five. <laughs> Deborah, before we actually get started into the mystery shopping, I'd love if you could just share a little bit about your roles and the work that you do. So I have many, many years consulting in credit cards and payments, both at IBM and then Capgemini. And after I left Capgemini, I founded Pageility Advisors with a handful of partners. And the interesting thing is I met them all through NIPAY. So NIPAY is a networking group. It's now virtual, but we have in-person events in New York. So it started out in New York. And... Um, we have events like every uh, month or so about payments and networking. And that's how I met all my business partners that we formed Pageility Advisors. So that was really a nice synergy. I've been involved yeah. with the U.S. Payments Forum for decades through its many different permutations. It started out as the EMV Migration Forum, and I am co-chair of the Mobile and Touchless Payments Work Group and was recently elected to the steering committee. And I'm also a founding member of the U.S. Faster Payments Council. I was with the Federal Reserve Faster Payments Task Force, and one of their recommendations of the task force was to form the Faster Payments Council. So I'm a founding member I was the co-chair of the Fraud Information Sharing Work Group and was recently elected to the Board of Directors. It's an interesting set of activities that all sort of tie together. Really is, and super interesting. You are definitely the right expert to be talking to today. <laughs> Deborah. I'd love to now get into some mystery shopping discussion, uh, particularly mystery shopping for financial services. And between both of our firms, We've covered so many different types of mystery shopping experiences for financial services. So I'd love to start, maybe if you could just share with me some of the different ways you have gone about mystery shopping. 
Right. So I didn't um, really describe what we do at Pageility Advisors. We do a lot of strategy work, but we also do mystery shopping and uh, general market research. So I've, as an individual, done mystery shopping with Phase 5, mostly for consumer cards. But at Pageility, we've done many, many projects doing market research, including mystery shopping, mostly for commercial cards. And one interesting way we did that, one of the projects was looking at small business cards. And we are a small business. So we went to all these different banks and said perfectly legitimately, because we weren't really happy with the bank we were using. So we're looking for a new small business card. And um, we did that both online and on the phone. And in a few cases, we went into branches and spoke to people. So that was that was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, that's really fun. So that was actually like an in-person mystery shop experience. But you also have experience with phase five and potentially on your own as well on the digital side, too. Yeah, most of it is digital, actually, um, especially with Phase 5, because working with Phase 5, I have applied for probably 10 or 15 credit cards. People yeah. think how many credit very cards, and I've never canceled any of them either because they don't have annual fees. So I, you know, <laughs> opened my my uh, wallet and I've got like twenty five credit cards. People think I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I I will ask you later for more details on both your experience with Phase Five uh, as well as some of your own experiences. But before we get into that, I'd love to just if you can think of any benefits there are from these approaches. What are the benefits of mystery shopping, and what can clients get from mystery shopping? Yeah, well, it's an integral part of uh, general market and competitive research. Sometimes the clients have very, very specific questions. And I know I'm working on a project right now where they had a concept, which it turns out none of their competitors were even thinking about. So that's a benefit. They know they have a secret sauce that they can highlight in their marketing materials. And there's really no substitute for true mystery shopping to find it for good competitive research. So our clients can find out where they might have shortfalls or where they're doing things better. I, you and I had a funny experience with one, and it was a very large bank, where their website kept crashing, remember? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> Number and, one, and make sure your website doesn't crash. No, it's <laughs> and you wouldn't find these things out unless you are actually on and comparing and testing, so. Exactly, yeah. I'd love to talk first about the mystery shopping work you've done with phase five. As you said, a lot of the work we've done is more on the consumer side together. And I'd love to know what that process was like and what you maybe learned that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Right, for me, it's a little bit of a pain because ever since all of the credit bureau um, security breaches. That was a long time ago. I locked up all my credit reports. That means every time I apply for a loan or a credit card, and I don't know which bureau they're using, and there's three of them. So I have to go and unlock my credit report in all three bureaus. But I don't know, it's getting easier. They have a kind of a, a streamlined approach, but still I have to remember to do that. And then apply for the cards. And then a lot of people don't want to do this work because it does impact your FICO score. You keep applying for cards, but it's been pretty stable. I know it'll go down a few points and then it goes back up. So I must have like, God knows how much open to buy on all these credit cards. (laughs) So the process after going through that, it's pretty easy. Um, 
applying for the card and then having to take screenshots or pictures if you're, you know, you're on your phone. So every single step of the process, remember to do a screenshot or a picture. And then I'd have to take scans or pictures of all of the physical mail, like when the card comes and any emails or subsequent correspondence, take pictures of that and try and be very systematic. And then spent uh, many, many, many hours on the phone with you mm-hmm. <laughs> and your colleagues <laughs> walking through every single step of the uh, either the mobile app or the desktop. And there mm-hmm. was one little glitch. In fact, we ran into this yesterday. There's one bank, just one bank that I know of so far. They will not let you record. So the way we do it is kind of like a Zoom call. We record it. They won't let you record their mobile. I don't know how in the world they accomplish that, but... So that that was a little bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, which I guess is a security feature on their end, which is also something to learn and be able to compare to their competitors. Yeah. And so I know that that process of screenshotting can be tedious, but just thinking about what we can do with all of that information. So imagine we are capturing that for multiple financial institutions, being able to see that online application, all of the mail, uh, what the content is on the mail, what safety features they have, the design. What do you think that brings? What value can we do with that? Well, you can see how streamlined versus how convoluted some of the processes are, how many keystrokes and how obvious things are. I just had, had um, a couple of things we found most recently. It wasn't a new card. It was an authorized user. So the, the uh, mystery shop was to add a user. So I got this card in the mail and I went out and tried to use it and it didn't work, got declined. So I ordered another card and and I just noticed when I got the second card that when you peel the card off of the mailer underneath, it's not obvious. It says contactless will be enabled after the first chip transaction. And so that means the reason the card was declined was I tried to do a contactless transaction and it will mm-hmm. it doesn't turn the chip on apparently until you do a contact where you actually insert the card into the reader. I don't know why that one bank had it like that. Maybe it's a security feature, but they should have made it a lot more obvious yeah. because I just ignored it the first time I saw it. And then yeah. there was another issuer that is um, I won't name the name, but they do everything completely different than everybody else. So you might guess who it is. I was trying to add an authorized user, and the way you do it is. You sort of add them to your family. And then after they've accepted being added to your family, then you're supposed to go back in and order a card for them or something. But I didn't know that, and it never prompted me. So that's that's These really not very good. <laughs> all learnings of things that could be done to make that experience smoother for the users. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. slick, but it was it has a few bumps in the road, you could say. <laughs> Through all of these mystery shops you've done, is there any features, let's say digital features that have stood out to you that are just really interesting that you well, didn't know would have existed before that you now will use or that stand out compared to the rest? Well, the best in class is if you apply and it's really streamlined and it's automatically provisioned into wallets and it's immediately available to use and not too many issuers are doing that. Yeah. So, but that really stands out. There's a couple that do that. Both of them are kind of partnered with more tech companies. So yeah. I'd say that's that's the best-in-class feature okay. solution. Any any other features beyond that that you, you noticed while doing a mystery shop and you were pleasantly surprised? 
that that existed. Well, making it easy to um, activate a card is a, is a good thing. Now, one of the ones I just got, and it said, it has a sticker on the front of the card that said, to activate this card, go into our app. So I went into their app and I could not find where you activate a card. <laughs> so I went into the chat and said, how do you activate a card? It said, click on this link. So I clicked on the link. So the chat works really well, but I don't know. When I opened the app, it probably should have just flashed open card activation, but it didn't. And with these findings, whether it's the positive ones of best in class or let's say where they aren't meeting the standards or expectations, how do you think, let's say, our client that we're doing work for can benefit from all of these findings? What what can they do with this? Well, I think it all goes back to design thinking. So putting yourself in the shoes or the persona of your client and testing a user experience over and over to make sure that it's as streamlined and smooth as possible. I, I think that's probably the best way that clients can benefit. And they can see what their competitors are doing better or even worse and make sure that they uh, avoid some of those pitfalls. Absolutely. I'm completely on board with that as well. Before we move on to any of the mystery shopping that you've done at um, Pagility, is there anything else you want to share about the mystery shopping you've done with Phase 5? Anything that you particularly liked about any of the applications, about any of the digital experiences, or any final thoughts you have? Well, I just say, because I'm in the industry and I'm a payments geek, that I've had a lot of fun doing it. I, I don't know if everyone would think it's fun, but I think it's fun. So that's why I always raise my hand when you guys have to do new projects. I, I just love it. Well, you know, we always appreciate your support as well. <laughs> okay, so now I'd like to talk a little bit more about commercial mystery shopping. I know that's something that you also do. And I know you shared one example earlier, but I'd love more specifically, I know you shared a little bit of a story of how you went about that. If you are doing commercial mystery shopping for your client, can you share any anything that your clients might have learned that they wouldn't have known otherwise? Yeah, well, the focus on these is less about the user experience and more about the features and terms and conditions that accompany both small business, middle market, and sometimes we even do large market. Mm-hmm. So corporate cards, T&E cards, purchasing cards, virtual cards. Our clients usually want to know, I don't know, what are the spend limits? How do you apply? How long does it take to get onboarded? What functions do the program administrators have? If you're in different countries, does the information from employees in different countries, does it all come together somehow so that the corporation can manage its spend better? One interesting thing, we've done middle market and small business by calling on the phone or going into the branch. And that was pretty revealing. Like one bank, it's a huge bank. We called and clearly stated that we wanted to talk about small business. And the call center rep just kept talking about consumer because they have two Mm -hmm. completely different product lines with different names. And it took like half an hour to get it through to her that we were really just talking about small business. And then she finally Mm -hmm. transferred us to another person. So that was an interesting learning. And then another bank call center, well, they were, they called themselves a banker, not a call center rep. They were a banker and they had a script, but I mean, it was in a good way. What are your needs? What, What kind of spending do you do? So they had all sorts of needs assessment and then played back which products would fit. So that was like a best practice. That was really, really, Mm -hmm. really good. 
And Even though the, it was scripted, you felt that that was better than. Yeah, it wasn't scripted. Like, oh, I'm so ha- sorry to hear that, or whatever. It was. It was a needs assessment, so it was really. Yeah. It was consultative selling. It was really good. Okay. Now for that same bank, we went into a branch, and the person in the branch was not as good as the person we got on the phone, but they were also, you know, pretty on the ball and really knowledgeable of their products. And then we got to see uh, what their collateral look like. You know, they had flyers and glossies that they handed us. Another bank, we made an appointment and we went to the branch and it was a, a lot of people working there, maybe 20 people. And that one rep had, was sick and they she didn't cancel or anything. And there was nobody else we could talk to. <laughs> mm. So that's not very good. It, it just shows that they have very thin coverage in their branch on commercial cards or small business cards. Okay. Interesting. So thinking about both mystery shopping experiences you've done with phase five and for Pageility, I just want to think about where we conclude today, what really the benefits are for someone who's never done mystery shopping. Let's say they're considering conducting a mystery shop project. What would you say to them about what value would bring? I know you already mentioned it before, but I'm just thinking of high level, the value that mystery shopping can bring uh, to an organization. Well, I just think it's an integral part of market research. You can't just watch at a distance what your competitors are doing. This gives you unique insights that you have really no other way to get. Although we do augment our commercial card mystery shopping with expert interviews. I don't know if Phase 5 does that or not, but there are different networks out there. A lot of times it'll be former employees of a particular bank they'd be willing to talk they get paid so you have to pay mm-hmm. these people to be interviewed so we supplement it that you get a little bit more i guess strategic information yeah. about what they might be planning or different i don't know we found out recently that one of one of the um competitors had done a pilot for this feature that our client was interested in and they abandoned it because they couldn't get it to work right so, very interesting learnings in yeah. that way as well yeah yeah okay Awesome. And before we conclude today, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners about either mystery shopping or mystery shopping specifically in the financial space? Well, it's all about immediacy and instant uh, gratification. So that's why I emphasize, you know, when applying for a card, it should be available for immediate use as a virtual card and provisioned into some kind of a wallet or every wallet you have. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anything you can do to get people to start spending immediately, it behooves you, you know, to create habits. So I think that's the, really the most important thing. It doesn't make sense for people to have to wait a week to get the card in the mail before they can do anything with it. Absolutely. So Deborah, I just want to thank you so much for your time today and for being uh, a guest on our podcast and really just talking about mystery shopping and innovations in the financial digital platform space. So thank you so much for your time today. And for anyone who's listening today, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for a podcast topic, or if you're interested in a particular research question that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, we have a question box on the podcast pages of our website, or feel free to send us an email. And likewise, if you are interested in learning more from Deborah, uh, you can feel free to email us and we can pass along her contact information as well. So thank, thank you again so much and have thank a great you. day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.